Thanks, Nate, for complimenting, I mean, making fun of my, hello, boys and girls. Won't you be my neighbor, Mr. Rogers? If you're new here, a few weeks ago, I I wore a more Mr. Rogers-ish thing. What do you call it? It wasn't a sweater. Michelle's on camera. Cardigan. Yes, a cardigan. And, um, and, then, and then today I think, okay, this is less Mr. Rogers. And, and what do I hear? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, in the lobby. I'm like, is he, would he talk about me to my face that way? You know, people that love you will say it to your face, just so you know. The ones that really don't want you to succeed, they only say it behind your back, just so you know. You can take your seats this morning as we wrap up week two of Kingdom Builders. How many were here last week or watched online? Yes, good. Because what I'm speaking is the difference between um, the gospel prevailing or not. It matters. Even when I smile and make jokes behind here, I'm going, I hope these people hear me because this is very important. That's what I pray every week. This is very important. Every week is important. Can I do this? That thing just really annoys me. It never shuts good. So I'm just going to keep it down there this week. Down there. I'm too good for it. I'm up here. Just kidding. Listen, before we get into passages, because there's, a, there's like the most passages maybe I've ever given in, in a sermon. That's why I'm going to go through them quick. Um, I want to give you a couple announcements. So I was talking a few weeks ago about how we, we were going to be accepted into multitracks.com, one seed worship. You don't know, like we're a, we're, we're, we're a small church on, on, on the surface, but we're a huge church brewing. And part of the vision is our original music, and we just released our third song. And yesterday, we just shot our first music video. How cool is that? So you'll all be seeing that online soon. And we also officially signed our agreement with multitracks.com which is how every church on the planet Earth pulls in their worship sets. And so if your music is in multitracks.com, the church can pull it in in any key they wish and use it for worship. And so our songs will now be available. And it might just be us using them for the first little while, but eventually, maybe some other church goes, you know, I kind of like that song. You know, I saw that social post. Let's try it at our church. And then they go, oh, that's good. And then they keep, you know, and then all of a sudden, We're spreading the gospel through song now, too. It's like two missions coming together as one mission. So that's really cool. How many have seen the red signs outside, the A-frame signs? The, you know, the plastic folding signs, they're kind of like, there's nine of them. And um, we are opening up the A-frame sign position. And um, if you want to get in on that, because it actually is a super important uh, my dad's been doing it since day one, and um, we're going to retire my dad, whether he likes it or not. Love you, dad. And um, because he's, he's, um, he served his duty in this role. You can clap for that. And, and there's more to this story, not for today, but soon. So make sure you come to church in the next couple weeks, dad. And, um, but anyway, if anybody wants to do that, just let us know. They're still going to go out, but if anybody says, hey, I feel like God wants me to be in charge of these signs and I want people on Highway K to see that this church is having church because it's very important. We have the billboards, but we need any type of awareness we can build to separate ourselves from the rest of the things they see on Highway K. Maybe that's your ministry today. So just let myself know, Michelle, let Nate know, 
Just say, I want to do it, and we'll find you. That's how easy it is around here. But I want to give you some passages today as we continue this Kingdom Builders series. It's a, it's a, it's a mini-series. It's only two weeks. So last week we talked about how we have to be willing to be used by God and that we disqualify ourselves from being used by God because of our own baggage. But God says, I didn't disqualify you. You're disqualifying you. And so I want to give you some passages, and there, there's, there's a lot of them here, so I'm going, to, I'm going to shoot through these quickly. And if you want to just make note of them for later, if you want to read them slower, it's going to be Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. It's going to be Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 through 17. Look at everybody just writing it in their brains with their minds. It's so, I just see everybody, scribble, 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 scribble. It's so good. This is, this is the part of the sermon when I went to church and I'd fall asleep. Oh, just get over with it. This is actually really important. So Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 through 17. And Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 14. And we're going to read through them real quick. And we're going to find a theme here. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Look to your neighbor, tell him, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. I've preached that passage many times, different sermons. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 through 17. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put into prison, he departed to Galilee. This is later. This is when John now was about to be beheaded for what he was preaching in Matthew chapter 3. He departed to Galilee when Jesus heard that John was in prison. His time wasn't yet, so Jesus had to depart. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulon and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of by the Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in the darkness have seen great light. And upon those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. How many feel like light has dawned? Thank you, 2021. And that maybe we were sitting in the dark, but we were still doing something in 2020. You know, we felt like we were just in the dark in our house, our houses. Anybody else feel that way? From this time, Jesus began to preach and say, let's read it together. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Didn't John just say that? Oh yeah, he did. Oh, now Jesus is saying, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, like right now. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 14. This is the fastest I've ever read through scripture. So if I'm going too quick, you're going to be like, yes, please keep doing that. Or say, no, you're too fast. Verse 5, these 12, these 12 the apostles, Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter into the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Do you know what church is? It's reaching lost sheep and bringing them to the flock, just so you know. So the scripture is relevant today is what I'm saying. Verse seven, and as you go, preach saying, what is it? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Is that the third time? They say third time's a charm. You see in a pattern here, people? <laughs> Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely you must give. 
provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, no Birkenstocks, no Doc Martens, no staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who is in it worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, make sure you say hello first and greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, what do you do? Shake it off, shake it off, shake it off the dust from your feet and go on to the next party. So I think as a church, the thing we, we, we easily miss the most is we either want people to hear us or we don't want to talk to people. But what about when we give the message and we do it in gracefulness? And then they may not have heard us like we think, but maybe God still did something. So we shake off our feet and we move on in peace, right? That's like the mission. That's why so many people don't like church because they feel like someone's pointing a finger at them instead of embracing them saying, we love you and we want to see God do what he has planned for you because he has the best for you. And so that's what kingdom building is. He just described what a kingdom builder was. But what he said even more so is the kingdom of heaven is now. It's right now. My title today is I'll start tomorrow. I'll start tomorrow. Preaching to myself here. See, before we can ever start building God's kingdom here on earth, we have to realize our unique contribution matters. It matters. We can look in the mirror and say, man, we're messed up. And that's okay. But our contribution is valuable. It's invaluable. It matters. Our contribution is valuable. And we have learned to instead define our lives' successes by the things that others applaud. Like if they applaud it, that means it's good. And if they don't say anything, that means it's not good. But maybe the really good things, no one will applaud you at first because they actually are too intimidated to do what you're doing. So instead they, stare at the, they stand at the bottom of the mountain and watch you go up it, going, he'll be back. And then a few days go by. And then a couple of them, they start straggling up the mountain because they say, you know what? He never came back. So silence is not always the bad thing for validating success. Sometimes the applaud is fake success. It's not the thing that lasts. But culturally, like the applaud, the pat on the back means, good boy, good Jeff, you did good. And if I don't get the applaud, then they don't like me. I'm not effective. But maybe God's definition of success has already been defined for you. You have to be willing to grab it, though, you know? You have to be willing to grab it. God has already predefined what successes we'll have in this life if we're willing to go grab it. So it's not, it's not he's, we're not puppets. We have free will. That's why God loves us so much, to see who would serve me in their own free will. That's why we're greater than the angels. Because we have a choice, but it's a two-way relationship. Any good relationship has to go both directions, right? How many relationships work really well when it's all one person only? Not too good. And so God says, I'm going to give you a choice, but I've set it out for you. And all you have to do is take it. You just got to take it. What happens is, like I mentioned last week, is we start disqualifying our ability to put in the place, to put in the place the cinder blocks of God's house to the world because we've never lifted a hammer. But let's not delay the build because of 
the turbulent seasons in our personal life as when we delay the establishment of his magnificent miracle-working wonders, we delay the fruits that are going to change lives forever. And we're delaying it not because God said to wait, it's because we're saying, I'll start tomorrow. When this happens, I'll serve God faithfully. Do you love yourself enough to put your struggle behind your purpose? That's not easy to do. We're all hurting in here some way or another, probably right this second. But do you love yourself enough to know that God has a purpose bigger than the pain? So will I put the pain behind my purpose so I can overcome the pain? Because as long as the pain takes the priority, I'll never achieve my purpose. And I'll be old one day. And I'll wonder, I think God had a mission for me. And as long as you have air to breathe, the good news is, you can start. You can start building. It's never too late as long as you have air to breathe. But do you love yourself enough to put your struggle behind your purpose? I love myself so much. I'm walking away from the pain because God has a plan over my life. Just look at yourself if you could and say, God has a plan over my life just for you. Our vision is discover God's perfect plan made just for you. The just for you matters because the plans are unique to the individual. It's really true. And the synergy, I love that word. It's part of our 10 vision points. The synergy, our core values, is when we bring those together uniquely, we form one thing that changes lives. It's true. I'm walking away from the pain because God has a plan over my life. And his plan shall be my plan. And when it is, I shall be fulfilled in all things. The time is now, not tomorrow. If you keep saying tomorrow, guess what? It'll be tomorrow. Then when tomorrow comes. I remember for years, I had this master plan to be in the world for a minute. And then I was going to go serve God. Well, let me get through this season you know, I was copying out my own plan that God had for my life. But because, because I had to get through my checklist of life first before I was settled down and serve God faithfully. And it was always, I'll start tomorrow. There was a point where I wasn't in church, nothing, nothing. Did everything. I want to go back to church. Nate, I want to go back to church, but I'll start tomorrow. We've all been there. We've all felt that. And what happens is, I can be the best Christian when everything's perfect. But what happens when there's an interruption? What happens? What's the first thing to go? The good stuff, right? Because interruption causes delays in my building process. Remember, I'm a builder. I'm not a spectator. I'm a bricklayer for Jesus in his house. Even, even when I do the A-frame signs, I'm a builder. Even when I set up the check-in computer, I'm a builder. You don't have to have a microphone to be a builder. That's completely false advertising. Because without the building around, the microphone would be irrelevant. It's together. It's a two-way thing. And so the interruption of life or things, it causes us to delay God's plan. We stick with our other list first. So we pause. I'm not saying we stop for good, but we delay fruition God's house. We delay lives being changed. 
as slow as time can feel when you're in quarantine, life moves really fast. And as you probably have noticed, as you have kids and such, it goes really fast. And I've been freaking out because we built my house. I was 31. We had Chloe, I was 31. By 33, we had built a house. Now I'm 42, like just like that. And I'm like, where did the time go? We're going through baby clothes. Michelle was going through the baby clothes. I don't remember. Did those kids ever wear those clothes? Are those ones that never got worn? It's just a vapor so fast. And so it's really a good thing because it's caused me to treasure my time differently because a lot of the stuff doesn't matter. And the stuff that does matter, you can't go backwards. So investment, why you can't. I remember Jeff one time told me a word of wisdom. I'll never forget this. He says, one day they won't do those things to you. And I'll never forget that, Jeff. I don't know if you remember that, but I remembered that. And even though I knew that, I needed that reminder because sometimes an annoyance right now can be the biggest blessing later. My dad used to have a figure of speech for that. He says, it'll be, it'll be joy to your ears later because the time will be gone. And you'll wish, man, I wish I could have that back. And let me tell you, when you see your 10-year-old that wore a onesie, it can, it can melt you like butter because time goes so quick. So the time is now, not tomorrow. Tomorrow is sufficient for itself. God has you covered right now. You can be simply tired and let it interrupt your decision to even come to church. Well, I'll go next week. Well, it'll be there next week. Maybe it won't. Maybe the rapture will come. I'm just saying. I hope not. We really want to get a building and do other things before the rapture comes, Nate. Is that selfish? See how carnally we think? Like the greatest thing ever could be like to be with God in heaven, right? But we're like, well, I, don't, I don't want to do that yet. I want to see my kids grow up. I want to see my kids get married. I want to see these things. I want to get my drummer back. We have a band. We have a band, okay? All you new people, we really have a band. They're, they're all absent. They're on a suspension. They will be back in the next few weeks. So keep praying for Derek and Ben and Cindy and Matt and the other Matt. <laughs> I just keep rambling on the, we have several people and they just happen to all be out once, but they're coming back. Stress. Anybody getting a tiff with their spouse here and there? As soon as you get in a tiff, what happens? Your mind goes in the gutter. Nothing is valuable anymore. You can have the most anointed moment with God and then have the slightest interruption in the car. You know that one? We talked about that one. You can have the slightest interruption and your stress levels change and immediately everything about your focus becomes different. Your priorities shift in the moment. Someone once told me they keep a Bible nearby at all times. So when they think stupid, they just see the Bible and go, oh yeah, because we're human, right? So we need a constant uh, reminder of God's goodness because we're going to slip. But the thing with slipping is not to completely trip, catch ourselves. I'm still on this walk. That can't change. This has to be number one because the time is now and I'm building something for God. I'm not going to let stress ruin me from being able to focus. I'm not going to let stress take all my motivation. I don't know about you all, but I can be so on fire and be like a machine. And then if, if I get messed up here with stress or with a, a battle, I can, I can completely think everything doesn't matter anymore in a second. Isn't that foolish? Has anybody ever done that? Let their emotions just get the best of them? Am I the only one? 
Am I the only one? Am I the only one? I'm not the only one. Good. Okay. So I'm not the only one. So I, I, had, a, I had a Yeti this size, okay? I know some of you are new, and I had a Yeti this size this morning of caffeine. It's not the norm. I'm a little ready to go. <laughs> I only usually drink half the amount before church. But what we choose to do when those interruptions happen is we we're supposed to keep the meat and spit out the bones or trim the fat, but what do we do? We start throwing the meat out and we hang on to the pain. We let the pain or the fat or the bones trip us up from even remembering that there's a plate of meat that God wants to give you for your day to keep you joyful, grateful, satisfied, and hungry for more. More souls, more people. I'm full. I don't need to eat. I'm hungry to feed. People, there's a difference. I'm ready to break this meal and share it. I've had every type of good meal. I've had some meals that people say are so good. I'm like, why would they eat those little eggs? Ew. Caviar. I tried it once. I said, I'm going I'm to try it. I'm a man now. I'm in my 30s. I'm going to try it. And I said, I'm not going to try that again. That's just icky in my mouth. <laughs> How do we get there? So what I'm saying is now I'm ready to feed people. There's a moment in your life where you have to be, have that, that transition where you're like, okay, I'm good. I want to feed people. How do I feed people? Okay, I'm going to serve. Okay, I'm going to go to church. Okay, I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend some time with God. I'm going to start doing little things that cum cumulatively build into something great. My day-to-day -day and your day-to-day -day is driven by your priorities. And your choices, because we all have them. I want to put God at the top of my list. I want to put my family and friends, my children, at the top of my list. But I can never let the influence of the world take God off the top of my list. Or everything else will crumble. And it's hard to be a builder for God because it requires sacrifice. It requires sacrifice. We, we were talking about the music and and. and We've been, I've been writing songs since I was like nine years old, and I've always had this problem where I'll do it tomorrow. If I don't feel motivated or passionate, artistic, I put it off. So I can look back and see years that went by that I put it off and see what would have been different if I had made it a routine instead of making it an emotion. How many use church as an emotion? It's Easter, let's go to church for our annual visit. Can I just be real with some people? That's for them. But God says, I need you more than one Sunday a year. Like, like, are you building my kingdom or are you satisfying an emotion? Because guess what? As soon as the summer comes and everything's good, and it's like, okay, well, nobody goes to church at the time of year, so we're gonna, just going to not go to church either. We'll just come back at Christmas. We'll come back at Easter. God doesn't want just a visitor. He wants a builder. And builders build in and outside of the church walls. Builders build more when you don't even see them at church. Because they build everywhere they go. Jesus traveled around. He took his ministry everywhere he went. It requires sacrifice. And if I had been that diligent with some things in my life, like, say, music, who knows what kind of progress would have been different. It requires sacrifice, though. Even when you don't feel it, you do it. I go to work because i got to pay the bills. Do I want to go to work every day? Would it be nice to go to a beach instead? Yeah. But when I go to work... And then I, I, I know that, hey, I'm taking care of my family. I'm doing something with my life. I'm finding the joy that you can't find with self-gain. 
Because there's, there's, there's a, a fulfillment there by completion, by achieving, by doing something with your life. There is a joy you find that you can't find by being gifted to you, things being gifted to you. In fact, it can become a worthless experience to yourself, and you will find yourself in a depression when you take so much and never give back because you were actually meant to give. Serious. There's so many wealthy people that are miserable is because they actually, they don't, they don't know what to do with it anymore. They're like trapped in it and they want to they give it away. And like the rich man who had so many things and when Jesus finally said, put me first, it wasn't bad that the rich man had things, but God said, put me first. And the rich man didn't want to do that. And there's a lot of people, that's our culture. And I've been there, we're all there. And that takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice to do that trailer every week, like Nate does. Every week, he's here whether anybody else is. Whether I'm late, he's there unlocking that trailer. It takes sacrifice. My dad used to always say, if it was easy, everyone would do it. This is with anything. This is with anything. The good thing with serving God is God is there to lift you up and carry you through the weight. When it's, when it's truly on your own in life, it gets heavy. But anything worth building takes sacrifice. So my question is, do you want what's easy or do you want what's best for you? Because maybe what's best feels like work right now and you're going to be so glad you picked up the hammer in 10 years. You just changed the course of your child. You just changed the course of your grandchildren that haven't been conceived yet. Because of your decisions to swing a hammer without training, you're going to go all in and ask God to show you along the way. We don't know what church planting is. We just started planting. Jenna, I don't, know, I don't know what a pastor's supposed to do. I just start preaching God's word. Because God's word is the power. God's word is the life. And when you spread the seed of the gospel, he takes care of all the rest. We are kingdom builders, and the time is now not tomorrow. It requires sacrifice. There will never be a time where your to-do list is caught up before God. Never. In fact, your to-do list might get longer when you go all in for Jesus. So now it's about priority management. This is not like um, the pastor telling all the people they're bad. This is like me speaking to myself, like priority management is huge in the kingdom of God because you'll never have an opportune time to, to sit in this perfect state with your lists. Any business, any success story, take, take God out of the conversation for a minute. Anything good, you have to put out fires. You have to deal with pressure. Oh, how many remember the pulse of pressure? The sermon from three years ago, and it was so full of pressure, someone ran out of the building, and I'm not joking, it was, it was a lot of pressure. <laughs> But if you want to be made into a diamond, you start as a lump of coal, it don't happen overnight. It takes continuous pressure. God is pruning you into a king from a shepherd boy. You are used to killing, you know, whatever, squirrels and sheep, and God has you now winning wars for his kingdom, just like David. The time is now, not tomorrow. I really have to give something up to gain something great. I don't want to be complacent anymore. I want to feel great with my life. I want to feel full of joy. I don't want to have the kind of church where I go home and talk about all the things they did that annoyed me. That's not God's kingdom. 
That's, that's old church stuff. Ew, get away from me, old church stuff. We want to go home saying, man, I can't wait to get back there. I can't wait to get in and do this. I can't wait to tell the next person what I'm experiencing because God changed me. And if he can change me, oh my Lord, he could change anybody. And when they feel that passion, it'll spread like wildfire because everybody desires to be happy. Everybody desires to be fulfilled. And so when you sacrifice a little, God will multiply a lot. And all of a sudden, what started as work will be the greatest thing of your week. I can't wait. We call it therapy. We get to church. We can't wait to get into the grind because it's therapy from the world. Can't wait. Last night, I went to sleep early. I was so excited to come to church. I, I couldn't, I, I'm not always that way. I was so excited last night. I'm like, Michelle, I just want to go to church tomorrow, like more than normal, which is always what I want. But I wanted to really go to church today. So God was saying something. He's like, he's like, you need me. You need me. And your, your, your water supply and your food supply, your branch is me traveling to you. And if you take away the root, Jesus says, you can't survive. You can't. You can buy all the used stuff on eBay and look like a baller. But God says, I'm the real baller. And if you don't live for me, your stuff is just fake anyway. You know? Come on, somebody. Anybody else like to knock off watches like me? It's quiet in here. Are you guys awake? It's all right. We laugh at church. We make, we make jokes sometimes that we pray God laughs at too. Later, sometimes I pray, sorry, God. I hope you thought that was funny. And he just says, hey, no worries. My bandwidth was freezing up when I was watching the live stream anyway. So it's okay, pastor. I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> so you got to be willing to give something up to gain something great. I mean, great, like not tangible. Like there's, there's, a, there's a greatness, a peace you can't purchase with the blood of Jesus. You can't purchase it. He actually already paid the price. It was gifted to you. And there's a peace that comes over you when you recognize this. And when we get comfortable, it will distort the calling. When you get comfortable in the things to stay the same, you'll say, I'll start tomorrow. Comfort will distort your calling. That's, there's a reason drug addicts become missionaries. It's because you got to get sometimes to a place where you're saying, there's no other option. I just got to go do this. And that, that's a place we all get to at different stages. And when that happens, man, it's amazing what God will do. I got to stop claiming God's mercy and grace, but doing it my way because it's not God's way. We're construction workers in God's kingdom. And if we didn't have any laborers, what kind of kingdom could we build? How many work with contractors? Maybe somebody is a contractor in here. Nobody? Okay. We all know contractors are late often, but they show up. But sometimes it takes them a while. Maybe they're not on time like you as a homeowner would like them to be. Maybe they're like a few weeks late, you know, because they got busy with other work. But they do show up. And so the general contractor couldn't accomplish much without his laborers in the field. You need painters. You need flat work people. You need foundation people. You need diggers. You need, uh, you need carpenters. You need roofers. You need siding people. You need all these things. And if you didn't have everybody come together, what kind of house could you build? The general contractor, he don't, 
He's just paying the bills most of the time. He just, it's a team. It's a team. God's church is a team. You want to see a church grow, form a team. It takes a team. It's not them watching them. It's we are building in God's house. And it's so good. It's so good. God put something especially on my mind this morning. I think it's because Michelle also mentioned it, is anxiety. I grew up fighting anxiety really badly. Like I would shake like nobody's business. You know how to fix it? Face it. Embrace it. Go after it. I was terrified to preach. I was taking uh, pills when we started this church so I wouldn't shake. I grew up singing in front of people. But if I had to speak without a guitar, it was weird, and I was scared. I said, I'm not going to fear any man's thoughts over me if I'm doing this for God's kingdom. And so I was still taking this thing for a few months, but what I realized, I never needed it. I quit taking it. And I overcame it. You know why? Because I faced it. Because I had to face it. Because I was like, I'm tired of being controlled by this. This is up here. I can stop this. There's a physical reaction to what we do up here, right? If we can recognize up here that God's got this, all your sickness can go away. All your panic attacks can go away. And we've all felt it. So when you feel like you're the only one, no, you're in a room full of people who have felt your pain, that you can get rid of that pain because God is carrying the weight. Face it, and he'll fix it. I'm serious. Face it, and he will fix it. Well, I don't want to fix it. Well, do it. I don't want to do a lot of things, but if I do it, I want to fix this. I'm tired of being controlled by this devil. That's what it is. You don't need horns to be controlled by something that's hurting you, and that's just one example. We do it with, we do it with all kinds of things. I'm going to sacrifice a little right now to get rid of all my pain so that my purpose comes to fruition. We talked about this last week as we wrap up here. Is that when you disqualify yourself for whatever reason, don't forget that God desires you. And God, his kingdom, needs your fruit, your gift. God desires to use you He's not looking for perfect people. He's looking for clay. Clay can be molded along the way. He's looking for vessels. God says, can I use your boat? Because I spoke the word through men. I got the Bible that way. So what's different now? I'm going to speak through you. I'm going to put one seed in you, and you're going to take it. You're going to show people with your life who I am. You're a kingdom builder. If y'all could stand with me this morning. As we wrap up, kingdom builders will never build God's house if we keep putting the vices holding us back in front of him. It'll never happen. If you want to shake off the baggage that's weighing you down from leaving your front door, go to the job site. Go to the job site. You may be the only one. Can I just warn you? Because it takes like real faith to really go to the job site sometimes, especially when everybody else says, why bother? I can just do this. But to those who are willing to step out from the norm 
Oh, this is good. You might want to write this down in your digital, digital memory banks here or even a pen if you guys use those anymore. If, for those who are willing to really step out of that, God has a special plan just for you. It's special. It's special. When you are consistent with the things of God, even when nobody else applauds you, oh my Lord, the riches in heaven that are building up on your behalf that God is going to reach people with is through the roof beyond what we can imagine. God desires to use you. If you don't feel worthy this morning to be used by God, just remember, nobody is. Nobody's worthy. Worthy is the Lamb, Jesus. I know that's not your song, Nolani, but there's only one worthy, and that's the Lamb of God. Because the only reason he was worthy is because he was without blemish. He was perfection. He was, he was born uh, away from sin, not conceived into the seed of sin. That's why he was born of the Spirit. That's why he had, could be the only remedy for us, because we are not worthy. So the only way God can fix us is to wash away sin by the shedding of a pure and perfect, blemish-free lamb. Worthy is the lamb. Guess what? The lamb is Jesus Christ. And he died for you. He bled for you. And he desires to use you. Bracket, insert, name. He desires to use Jeff. He desires to use Selena. He desires to use Rusty. He desires to use Nicole. He desires to use every single person in here. He desires to use you no matter what setback you have put before him. That's the devil lying to you, telling you that you're not good enough to come into his house. And we, we, can, we, we cannot forget that. That's what the devil wants you to do is I'll start tomorrow. But God says, start today. Start today. No more delay. No more waiting. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's pray. God, thank you for letting us have the opportunity to build something special. God, I don't know how to do carpentry. I don't know how to get involved. I don't know how to do anything, God. But I'm going to trust you that you're going you're gonna to give me some skills I didn't know I even had. And I'm going I'm to be clay to you, Lord. And I'm going to be turned into something so special that I can, I can share with my children. And they can share with their children. And maybe what I'm willing to do today that's just a little will shape the church of tomorrow into millions that I don't even know I'm going to be touching because of my simple will this willingness to sacrifice for you today the time is now God let us leave with this word and not forget the mission that we are building something right now we are impacting st. Charles County right now and we know so many people are watching us right now going what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and what's gonna happen God is you're gonna multiply this house and you're gonna show them that they kept waiting and saying I'll start tomorrow but God willing they see this word right now and they said that's it I'm coming I'm coming to church I'm gonna quit waiting I'm starting today you are on the top God keep your hand on us let us never forget the overwhelming graceful love you shared for us on the cross and continue to cover us in by the blood that can only save and that's you Lord because you are the perfect lamb and if the house of God can say in Jesus name amen